Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're going to drink these beers forever. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we are the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Forever War by Joe Haldeman, and starting with a beer. Well, guys, I won this week. (laughs) Yeah. So this beer is called Time Slippers by Fifth Hammer, and it is a, a double IPA. It's because this book is all about slipping through time by traveling near the speed of light to do something that really wasn't very important. Flying like an eagle. Into the future. The Joker. And uh, Steve Miller <laughs> jokes. They're space cowboys. It's on a jetliner. Uh, anyway, uh, so... And it's, it's good. Yeah, there you go. It's a double IPA. It tastes like a double IPA. So they nailed it. A little bitter, actually. Much like time Not travel. Much like the main character when he gets back. And all the time. Also that, too. <laughs> so the main character, William Mandela, Nelson's brother, is a <laughs> physics student in, um, like, 1998 or something like that. The distant future. <laughs> the book came out in 1974, so... Yeah. And the main character says he was born in 1975. And he's in his 20s, so it's the late 90s or maybe it's the early, early 2000s. Space Jam had just come out. We were at the peak <laughs> of civilization. And so he's like, I'm going to... He joins... No, no, they're, they're, he's drafted, right? Yeah, he's drafted. There's the, the, the United Nations EF, I forgot what it's there for. Something Earth Force. Force. Exploration Force? Something. Oh, fucking something stupid. The UNEF, uh, they conscript only the smart people. <laughs> like the really, I, really smart people. Yeah, and this guy is good at, really good at physics because he has a master's degree in physics. And in 1998, that's all you needed to be an expert at physics <laughs> was a master's degree. And, you know, they all have really high IQs and they're all horny as fuck. <laughs> they're they still 22. I guess so. Well, he has a master's degree, so he's got things. He's really smart. Yeah. He's, he skipped fifth grade. Uh, <laughs> but they're going to go fight in this war, right? It's like the Torrens, because they don't even but know what they're called. It's an, it's an interstellar war, because apparently in Joe Haldeman's early 2000s, um, uh, uh, Earth is sending out col- uh, colonist ships to colonize other planets, and we're already we're already doing that. And the ships are armed. And then some and in ships. The future, they're going to f- focus on colonizing Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ships are armed, later. and some of them have like disappeared, or some things they think they were attacked, and so. Um, Earth is now at war with this alien species that are just called the Torrens because they're from Taurus. Well, it's because they we have discovered in this fictional world that you can warp speed through collapsars, which I don't know what that is. Is that a black hole? It's like That's a wormhole, I yeah. think. Yeah. So yeah. They, use, like... they use these wormholes for instantaneous interstellar travel, and they're in the Taurus system or something, and they don't know which planet the aliens are from, or like it ended up being like, oh, that was just or the most what convenient they look like or them. anything about yeah. them at all, at all. But someone blew up a ship, and now they're at interstellar war, and that's what's gonna go down. 
Yeah, they, they the collapsars allow them to travel light years in basically instant time. But time passes still. So like they will travel and for well, their subjective time. They, time passes while no time. they're in bet- like they can get to the collapsar and then at the other point they end they get out of the other side instantaneously. But once they're there, they still have to travel within that area for no, months it, or years. But, uh, they have to do that too, but it actually takes like hundreds of years. Like this like whole first campaign, is, is like the wormhole jump, they feel like it passes instantaneously. Yeah. However, hundred like a hundred years or more can pass in between actually coming out the other side of the wormhole. You just didn't. You're but you're just the exact same. You know, age you were when you when you hopped in. So these twenty two year olds are still twenty two. At the other end, it's just a hundred years in the future, or or not necessarily a hundred, but it depends on the distance, I guess. Anyway, that part's not really explained very well, but a very well, big part of the plot is, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, because it's also magic. The um, you know, when he gets, he keeps jumping back and forth, and so uh, even though the first like campaign that he's on only lasts a year or two, when he gets back home, it's been twenty years. When he gets back to Earth, it's been 20 years. And then he goes out for the second campaign and comes back. And it's been like 180 years. And it's only been a year or two for him. So he is still in his mid-20s. And he's actually like... I mean, he was, and then he was like 300 years old at that he, point. He ends up being 215 years old when he gets back to Earth the second time. And he's a billionaire because of compounding interest. And runaway inflation. <laughs> We'll get there. So the first thing is they go to whatever fucking dumb planet it's called. Oh, for, they, they're first they go to military school. Yeah, they go to, to basic, basic Ender's, Ender's Game on um, the shitty little planet thing called Charon. Charon? Karen? How do you pronounce that guy's name? Sharon. It's a Greek thing. Sharon <laughs> is like Israeli. <laughs> um, it's one of the moons of Pluto, right? Yes. Karen? Charon? Yeah. It's the boat guy from yeah. Greek mythology, though. The, I don't fucking know. Charon. Uh, but he... Charon. Um, um, so they go there and they have to build the fucking space station. And like half of them die doing it. It's like they put them in these like mech suits that have tubes that go, you know, to connect to your bunghole and stuff. Like that gets mentioned more than once. But they are put in this like three stooges type situation like go build this thing and the guy's like many of you will die and they just fucking die it's the russian approach to uh engineering just throw people at it right it's only like two degrees above zero absolute zero so they're like and so literally hydrogen freezes solid and so they're actual body heat is you know like a raging inferno compared to everything else so if they like fall down and their like heat fins touch the like frozen hydrogen it just instantly explodes and that's how you die you just like a big explosion yeah i feel like those suits could have been designed a little better that they have this one spot. It's like, hey, just be careful. You never lean on stuff. It's still in the You end. know that human function people do all the time when they're doing manual labor and they kind of lean against? Don't do that. Just sit in the suit, and if your back touches anything on the planet, it'll explode and kill you. But other than that, the suit's great. <laughs> Military engineering. When I was in college, I had a summer job 
uh, where a lot of uh, actually building the transcontinental railroad, where a, <laughs> where a bunch where a bunch of Even retired in engineers also worked, um, and so and a couple of them had been in the military as well, and one guy who literally designed stuff for it, nuclear submarines, it, we more like installed it. Um, that, but he was like, yeah, the, the things about the military is everything works pretty well, but costs way too much. Um, and it's not that safe. It's like, it's kind of safe if you would like try to be safe, but you can easily, you know, just absolutely kill a lot of people with all of your, with all of well, your that's stuff. Well, the goal, just got which people you kill a lot yeah. of. I mean, you can accidentally kill a lot of people and... I don't think this was true in Vietnam, but in World War II, more pilots died in like training accidents than they than were shot down, basically by the Japanese, because the first plane they were using, before, uh, the B twenty four, was a total piece of shit and was like <laughs> really unreliable. The, by the time the B twenty nine went into service in like late nineteen forty four, that was quite a bit better. But the B twenty four that was that was awful. Didn't even the mention B-52, the ones that they were those. ready to go to Love Shack. <laughs> so another thing about this book is it's definitely about Vietnam. I mean, this is a futuristic sci fi, but is really a largely about his experience. I mean, he's telling about his experience in Vietnam, or at least his 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 judgment on the Vietnam War. Just the fact that they're. Being the young, the brightest, the best and the brightest, the best young men and women are being sent to fight in this war. And nobody really knows anything about the enemy or even if the initial attack that started the war really happened. Because really, the event that was labeled the Gulf of Tonkin incident and then that uh, uh, Johnson used in 1964 to like get authorization for the war may not have actually happened. Or more like it, he, it may not have been an actual attack on that U.S. destroyer or boat in the Gulf of Tonkin. May not have even happened. Oops. And so, and then we launched this war, and then we killed millions of Vietnamese, and they killed and, you know a bunch of us too. And neighboring countries too, just because they were oh yeah, there. And neighboring countries. <laughs> it was like a it was really really Spill brutal. Over. And for and we didn't know anything about them. And why we're even fighting, really didn't know. And, you know, and obviously this very first scene is his impression of basic training, where it's like, yeah, you're going to go out and do this really stupid thing, and a whole bunch of you are going to die, even though it's pretty pointless. Yeah. And you're going to do it in the Vietnamese space suits. Oh, wait, that part he added. (laughs) But he also adds, uh, well, I guess, you know, they, they smoke a lot of pot. Which is like government-issued pot. So that's a little different than the Vietnam War. Where they were just doing um, heroin. Well, there there was... I mean, they'd issue cigarettes in World War II. Probably also Vietnam, though actually I don't know about that. I'm sure. So in his mind, you know, 25 years in the future, ah, oh, they're just going to be issuing pot to everyone. And heroin uh, boosters. <laughs> but they also... It's a... It's a... You know, it's progressive. It's a joint... It's a co-ed military... And people are not just allowed, not even encouraged, but required to just fuck each other <laughs> all the time. Just, like, go pick another person and bang them. And 
it's not even a big deal in the book. Like, there aren't any extended love scenes that are, you know, any detail to him. Just going to go find a person and pork them. And like, oh, man, everyone wants to fuck that Japanese girl, whatever her name was. Oh, she's dead too bad now. Like, they just bang each other all the time. I'm not really sure what the purpose that served, except for he was like, that would have been cool. <laughs> that would have made the war way better. <laughs> Last week when we were reading a different book, and Jimmy started this one, and Mike's on a Goodreads, and Mike goes, oh, maybe we should do that. And Jimmy goes, well, I'm only on chapter one, but there are an above average number of orgies <laughs> so far. <laughs> there were. There were. And you did not lie. I was hoping there'd be more details of the orgies. They were... Sadly, that got glossed over, and I had extensive passages about how many fucking tachyon grenades they threw. <laughs> but um, so then they go, they make it through. And the main character, Bill, Bill Mandela, makes it through the, the long walk to freedom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole plot of the book. <laughs> um, he he makes it. Through. Wait, you didn't read that this week? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, man. They make it their basic training, and then they go to their first battle. And then they fucking My Lai massacre a whole bunch <laughs> of aliens. Like, almost well, by accident. Before they Not get, by accident. They're like, uh, oops. Before they even get to the aliens, they see a bunch of what might be alien gazelle. And they that might be them. Destroy them. And they cut them all apart. And then one lady's head explodes because she was psychic or something. Because the animals were sad they were being destroyed. Yeah, it's, it's mentioned briefly. I didn't bother to research if this was a real thing, because I'm sure it's not. But if they had the, their Rhine extrasensory perception test that they had taken. Yeah, so they, I looked it up. Throw, I, some I of them were it was very Rhine-sensitive. And so these animals that were like empathetic, like empaths, like they could send out, then and it, later after they slaughter well, a whole bunch was, of like ouch. the alien cows. <laughs> was that? All they just heard was, ouch. <laughs> but they're like, that's strange. They're murdering us. How silly. <laughs> we feel bad for you. You're silly people. And that's and they're like, wow, all right. Fuck him. I guess those aren't the ones. But then they find a whole village of Torrens, which I'm not even sure what they looked like. It sounded like they looked like ants. They had like a big chest and big legs and a narrow little waist, and their head was in the middle of their chest, and they had big yeah, arms and little there. tentacle fingers. Well, they just kill the whole village as they just stand there. <laughs> yeah. And they... Their special training, which was one, how to ride in the mech suit, and two, how to become a hypnotized murderer. <laughs> Those kick in, and they just slaughter everybody. Just with their laser gun, guns or whatever the fuck they, they have. Like a VHS tape playing of the, of, well, the artist mock-ups of the aliens, because no one knew what they looked like in the propaganda tapes. So just the aliens busting into the colony ships and eating babies out of carriages. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't. And even even though he knows he's been propagandized this, and he's under hypnosis right now, he's looking like they don't even look like that. Maybe when you shoot them enough, they do. <laughs> so then um, they get to go back. They have like a couple battles, right? Because then it's been like a few more years when they have the next battle, uh, and now all of a sudden the Torrens aren't idiots, and they don't just stand there and get murdered. They're about yeah. They have the one battle, and then one guy gets one alien gets away, and they're on their way to their next battle and then their ship gets hit by a space pebble literally like a something the size of a pebble like uh, they get they're getting tracked they're getting chased by some other alien ship but because of the time dilation it's been like a year for them but it's been like 10 years 
elsewhere. So the aliens have increased their technology 10 years worth, and now they're ready for war. And so they're getting shot at, and the space pebble, you know, a bit of debris hits their ship and just blows off like a chunk of it, kills most of the people on board. And they're like, ooh, I guess we got to go home. And almost kills uh, Mandela's girlfriend named Mary Gay. The foreshadowing named (laughs) character. I was about to say that. (laughs) Stole it. That's what you get for delaying gratification. uh, Stupid part. (laughs) But she doesn't die. And so they both then make it. She bleeds a lot. And they're like, oh, it's this small. That happens (laughs) once a month, Bill. Even in space? She almost dies by getting space squeezed. Because they have to get into these like pods. She's wearing like a push-up mech suit. Yeah. You have to get into these pods when they're going at near light speed. Otherwise, your insides get turned into, you know, mush. And your outsides, too. Uh, well, she's she's been, like, badly hurt and had emergency surgery because she was, like, you know, in pa- basically shot through the, through the stomach. And then they have to go through, like, these 25G maneuvers. So, like, that's going to, like, turn you to jelly. It's like trying to play this. hockey with a bowl of soup in your hands. And the soup is also full of piranhas. That's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And a baby is driving the train. (laughs) A space baby. And it's cranky. (laughs) So (laughs) it can't find its passage. So then they have this long passage of will she, it's, you know, the the will they, won't they and romance. It's will she, won't she lick. Explode. And, And they're like, oh, she... I think, thanks to our future medicine, we could, you know, put a lot of tape on her and she'll be fine. Or then we could put her in, like, the special pod that she could sit in and, and handle the Gs. And and if the pilot's really... It's like, it just went on for so long. And she makes it. It's fine. She lives. <laughs> Though, uh, apparently, not only do you need the pods, but, like, the men have to wear special underwear. Because there's a quote... The men had to wear special supporters to keep from littering the floor with loose organs. So they're going so fast it'll blow your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like half a person. Like they, they need to be very careful with her. But then they get back to Earth. And it's, and it's the, the year, year 2024, <laughs> which is about when this episode comes out. <laughs> and it's a pretty accurate representation of the Earth. And he thinks, you should go see my parents because... I've been missing my mom's spiced blackberry cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this stupid beer. <laughs> it's from Evil Twin Brewing, New York City. It's a sour IPA brewed with blackberry, cinnamon, and vanilla beans. 6.8% alcohol. I've been missing my mom's spiced blackberry cobbler. But how'd they know? It's like purple juice. That's delicious. That's not an IPA. Just... Just call it something. Even calling them sours now is ridiculous. Just say it's like fucking juice beer. Because that's all this <laughs> juice is. Juice beer, yeah. It's a juice beer. It's fantastic. Just sugar bomb juice beer. That's brought to us by supporters <laughs> at Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, you could head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club, or you could pay us and in, you in do, intergalactic credits. <laughs> every month, you get to vote for a book that we're going to do. And if you suggest a book and you're a patron, we almost always do it. Eventually. Yeah, and we're very busy. With time dilation, it could take years. But you also get early access to episodes, exclusive content. We send out merch stuff. 
We discount in our merch store. Like what merch do we send out, Michael? Oh, man. The glass I'm using right now, the Drunk Guys Book Club pint glass, and it's resting on this fine marble Drunk Guys Book Club coaster, which is the nicest thing in this room, besides me. <laughs> and then all sorts of other barware. We've actually kind of run out of ideas, to stuff to send people. So if you have ideas, I'm, I'm open for them. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I can't, like, here's a Drunk Guys Book Club mouse pad. Like, I don't need to send that to anybody. And you get to join us for our live quarterly episodes in case you like Zoom, you do one more with us <laughs> on a book that only you get to hear. It's the, and it's you get the to be only of. Zoom you can openly drink on. <laughs> yeah, it's, in, it's the only one that's encouraged. So if you're into that, Drunk Guys Book Club, no, patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club is the site to go to. Or just help us out by leaving a review or go tell someone to listen to us in the future. Forever. <laughs> so they go back to Earth in 2024. And Earth... Now sucks. Earth is the exact predictions of the John Birch Society. Donald Trump is president again. <laughs> How did he know? <laughs> that one was weird. So but yes, two-thirds of Earth is unemployed. Well, one-third of, of Europe and the U.S. is gay. Because, well, quote, pretty, isn't homo life now? keeps the population down. Yeah. The U.N. runs a one-world government, and all the soldiers have a 90% tax bracket because of the all their pay is from the last 20 years all arriving at one time. And it's been, well, it's been accumulating interest. Yes. And uh, so they're like, you know, getting these huge payouts and those goddamn socialists want to take the money from them. And like actual 20-year-olds who just got back from the army, they're going to immediately buy a large truck and get married and divorced within a year. <laughs> <laughs> They've also switched the world currency as now just calories. Yeah. <laughs> like how many calories of food you could purchase. There's all sorts of black market nonsense there. And the streets are just Power bars over gold. <laughs> <laughs> the streets are overrun with hoodlums and murderous and gangs. banditos. And so people walk around with their bodyguards and what they hold the riders, the people who... Just ride in the elevators of high-rise apartment buildings to mug people. <laughs> it's what, if you live in, like, rural Tennessee, this is what you think New York looks like now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty close, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finds his mom, who's now old as fuck. It's only been 20 years. It's been about 27 years. Yeah, she's she's decently old. She's not old as fuck. She's in her 80s. She's I guess she had a late baby. Yeah, I didn't really talk about it, yeah. Well, I guess he was figuring about well, the 90s. Well, it's been 50 years. Like, because he was in his 20s, and then it's been 20... Uh, oh, he was yeah, in yeah. mid-20s, then it's been 27 mm, years. That, so That is how math works. Nate hasn't been drinking enough. <laughs> <laughs> so, he hangs out with his mom for a few days, and he's like, this planet sucks ass. Also, Dang, I'm, I'm gay go now, son. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this lady here, mom? That's my, my friend. roommate, Rhonda. <laughs> very, we're, we're very good friends. <laughs> Listen, this is what I need, son. <laughs> Your dad's dead, so now I'm gay. It's a choice. Get over it. <laughs> the government says I have to be gay because I'm old and it keeps the population down. That doesn't make much sense for a single old woman, but we'll ignore that. I should have seen all the clues, Mom. There's only hardwood floors here. You've been munching that much rug. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I store these things? There's no boxes to put in. Did you eat all the, <laughs> eat all the box, too? 
So the only stupid. food we have is clam here, Mom. What's happening? Bearded clam every night. <laughs> Why do we own these? <laughs> Mom, is that, a, is that a beaver skin cap? <laughs> no, I don't want to watch a little affair tape again. So anyway, did you say take out the gash? What do you say? <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, I got to get out of here. My mom's gay now, so I have to leave." <laughs> so he hooks up with Mary Gay, and no, like, not you too. <laughs> and she's like, "This sucks, right? Why don't we go live on the commune my parents live on? Because they had to fake their deaths because they tried to cheat at coupons or fucking food stamps or something." <laughs> So they go to like what's like Montana or something where they live One on the Dakotas. It's all the same. Yeah. And then they even in the future. Yeah. It's still called the Badlands. Instead of just called like the even worse lands now. <laughs> <laughs> and they live on this farm and he's like trying to find his way there and someone's like, You'll know it when you smell the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> well like well I'm from space. I've never smelled a chicken. <laughs> Ooh, space chickens. So then and he so then gets there and like hangs out for a no while. Here you smell. But then, <laughs> but then, armed bandits try and like rob the farm, and they like kill almost everybody. They kill Mary Gay's parents. Yeah, uh, mother and father. And then they're like, uh, but because William, because Mandela is good, you know, at shooting people. Because with all that training, he like defends the farm mostly, and then after that, he and Mary Gay are like, "Um, you know what? Let's just go back to the military because this sucks." Well, first he goes home and he finds out his mother, in addition to being gay, is sick, <laughs> and she's with AIDS. And the uh, you know the government death panels have decided that she's too old to treat, so they're just going to let her die. And her brother's I'm like, glad "That Obama became president." Yeah, this, version too. <laughs> this is still Obama's uh, presidency. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then he calls his brother on the moon and it cost $1 million because AT&T was purchased by the UN. (laughs) And the brother's like, you should come to the moon where you're going to be free. Libertarian paradise, the moon. (laughs) And, uh, then he's like, I can't afford to call you back. Maybe I'll see you again. Maybe I never will. (laughs) I'm cool with either one. Thanks, Taco Bell, for sponsoring this talk, this uh, phone call. So he and, and Mary Gay rejoin the military, and now that they are actually experienced and they become senior officers just because they're old, it's not because... But they're old, not in, like, actual, like, biological years, but they're just, like, you know... They have 20 years' experience. You have 20 <laughs> years' seniority they got in the blink of an eye. So they're made, like, commanders... And then they're given, like, and they were told, oh, you'll be trained. The the recruiter told them, oh, you'll be just on the training base, you know, on the training base on Luna. And they get assigned there. He says that you can have any assignment you request. There you go. (laughs) But initially tries to put them in different places. But not for how long, because after 30 minutes, they get new orders that they're being shipped out to uh, a new, to to a new battle, that they're going to go back on another starship and they're going to go out and it's going to be hundreds of years this time and like they were technically they did get their request 
but they were only sta- you know, stationed there for 30 minutes before they were reassigned to something totally different. Yeah, they were supposed to be like instructors. They're supposed to be teaching shit. And they're like, nope, we need bodies. Get out there. And so then they go. And I think a bunch of time is supposed to have passed here, right? Like they've been a bunch of battles at that point, but it's no, they've, a few they've years. They've still only from. been, this is still only their, going to be their third battle. So this is their, third this is their second deployment. Or, yeah, second deployment. This is, their, this is their second deployment. And not much fighting actually happens. They spend most of the time on the ship traveling. Yeah. It's about 10 seconds into the first battle that both of them get the fuck kicked out of them. Oh, yeah. That's and right. they yeah. all end up as Lieutenant Dan's. One, uh, he loses a leg and she loses an arm. Yeah. But don't worry, they have magic legs in the future and uh, magic arms. And uh, he's like, I think it made my dick smaller, too. Can you, like, put it on those <laughs> big black growing thing? So they... They blow his leg off, and he's like, we're going to give you... He's like, oh, prosthetic. And they're like, what is that word, sir? And he's like, fucking fake leg? And they're like, oh, like a peg leg? No, no, you're just going to grow another leg, dude. Only it's ma- magic and will never break. Well, they stick a, a leg on him, and they and they like have to wait gro- for like the nerves to, like, bone. regrow into it. Because his leg is in, like, a bag. <laughs> like It's like fish tank or something. And he could see it slowly just, like, regenerating. Because of special future juice. <laughs> Meanwhile, when he had he had been back on Earth, and at the very end of the book, too, they still use paper books. <laughs> like, They're still hipsters. Like, like, when he goes into, like, when he's, right before he leaves Earth, he goes into a, a self-driving cab that takes a thumbprint scan to know who ordered it, but it has a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they also talk about uh, in the even when it, even at this point when it's been like a thousand years, they talk about how they are injecting. This when they go back again, they're going to inject the knowledge into him, like in the Matrix, where they just plug like, yeah, Matrix, plug his yeah. brain into a he computer, and they're like, ah, all those all those uh, military textbooks. It would have been thousands of microfiche papers. <laughs> <laughs> It's the equivalent of all those like '60s science books when they're like, "Oh, the the reel of tape, the atomic toilet." <laughs> <laughs> so when he gets back, so he gets healed, and then he gets back to Earth. And uh, this is a part that doesn't matter at all. But he like talks <laughs> about buying something and about how they electronically keep track of your money and they deduct your <laughs> credits from your Apple account. Pay. It's like that's Venmo. It's like he didn't think they would have Venmo. Until the year 2189. He didn't mention that women can have bank accounts in this future. Well, he had like a billion dollars. They didn't give me a wheelbarrow of money. Well, then they... Like it's fucking Weimar Germany. When when they're regrowing their limbs and going to like the relaxation planets, they spend half a billion dollars on on leave. He and Mary Gay, like, let's just party for a little while while we regrow our limbs. And they spend half a billion dollars. Yeah, everything's super duper expensive because Earth sucks ass. Well, yeah. And all the money is spent on this war effort. Well, he's also mentioning that this planet is like a rehab for injured soldiers who have a fuckload of money and nowhere to go. So it's like, this is a way to get that money back from them. It's called heaven. <laughs> How subtle. 
Everyone's still gay. But he also, he's like, there's a lot of gay people. <laughs> he's really so when he's they upset uh, by it. <laughs> when in t- in when he gets back to Earth in his 2024, it's uh, being gay is encouraged by most governments in order to help keep the population down. When he gets back the second time, and it's the year 20, almost 2200, it's like being gay is required. They make you gay. On purpose, I guess. And they, or they, they grow do gay babies in test tubes because there's no more yes. uh, procreation. But also well, at this point, future... he's been separated from Mary Gay because they receive separate assignments. And he's going back to Earth and she's going somewhere else so they will effectively never see each other again. Well, no. This, this is when they're going to be shipped out from Earth after this. When they're so just they're... encouraging being gay. Yeah, but that, that actually doesn't last long. So this mm-hmm. is basically like he's he's on the recovery planet for a while and then they get reassigned in their, and he and Mary Gay are being resi- uh, reassigned to completely different things. So yeah, because of time dilation, they'll never see each other again. And it's kind of sad. But then also he talks about his new command. He's now like the commander of this thing. And he's still basically like 27 because it hasn't actually been very long in, in his like actual life, but it's also just that he's the only one. There's he's, like but he's like literally the oldest. He, he's like technically he's like 27, but also like the oldest human alive because he was born in 1975, and it's you know 2189. Anyway, he's sent out, and they make you gay <laughs> by growing you in a test tube, and so and making and, you watch musicals. <laughs> It's good to know in the future, conversion therapy has been proven to work. Except the other way around. make people gay. And it's, like, illegal to be heterosexual. And there's a a quote from one of the female soldiers that was just like, and the the thought of having a man inside me. And And the gay guy's like, I actually, I'm a fan of that. (laughs) Love it. and uh, it really, for 1974, this was a definitely very progressive novel and just def- it flips the perspective of what if being heterosexual was illegal and everyone thought it was gross. Well, I'm not sure if the, if the main character re- reflects the author's thoughts, but he does say at one point, I never had much trouble accepting homosexuals myself, but then I'd never had to cope with such an abundance of them. <laughs> Like, they're the spice. I don't want them as the main flavor, <laughs> the, the main ingredient. Well, that, that same doctor who talked about, like, um, not wanting to have a man inside her, she gets drunk with the commander on his ship, and she's like, well, we want to bang? Because he hasn't banged anyone chance. in a while because he's not gay, and no one wants to bang him. Uh, she's like, all right, let's bang, let's do it. And then she passes out, and he's like, oh, you know, I, I could have... Uh, but I won't tell him about her her latent heterosexuality. And he doesn't tell he doesn't clean her like dress her up right away. He does spend a few minutes being like, hmm, boobies, <laughs> and just looking at her naked. And he's like, all right, this is wrong. And he just comes on her feet and he's like, All right, someone help me get her out of here. <laughs> That's still weird in the future. Not in space. <laughs> I feel like we see. So there's a big and so the next big portion of the book is like this. He's the commander of this whole expedition that's going to take hundreds of years. You know, farther than anyone's ever gone. Yep. Hundreds. So he's not going to, he's a, you know, uh, so when he gets there, at first he has to like maintain discipline and everybody hates him because he's the one non-gay guy. 
They call him the they old call queer. Him the old queer. Yeah, they they do because <laughs> he's straight. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like a lot of stuff they have to build the base that is kind of like before, and then they actually have to wait around for a while for like months or even years for the Torrens to it's actually show up. Four hundred days. Yeah, four, the day 400, and he's sitting there just playing with his space cat, which is not a vagina. <laughs> and they get it, then like the alien show up, finally. And then, there's a, and then there's a battle. But what's funny about the battle is because of some like force field thing where you the stasis can't field. use energy. Stasis field where they, that negates all energy weapons. They have to actually fight with spears and swords, yet they're still in their like battle armor, kind of. This is when he went full nerd, like (laughs) full nerdy guy. He's like, and then they have nunchucks and a ninja star and a a guy has a staff and a bow and arrow. Sound like uh, super brick in Anchorman. Like why? Yeah. Through a trident. Like why the fuck would the the future, like the year 3000 or whatever, that's a significant part of the military training. Like he goes back into the. He goes into the Matrix pool to learn. Well, they learn learn Kung Fu. You could just teach you everything by just plugging your brain in. So, like, why not? They were still doing bayonet training in our military until not that long ago. Well, they still actually (laughs) have bayonets. You can, they will, I I think, um, you know, the, the, like, you know, knives, like Bowie knives, knives that are issued to soldiers can be affixed to the end of the end of your rifle and can be used as a bayonet. Well, in the future here, where everybody's very, very gay, they call them David Bowie knives. <laughs> and it's freaky. <laughs> <laughs> it's a space oddity. That's what he is. He's the only straight man in space. Um, like, he's like, that song was called Ashes to Ashes, guys. Oh, I saw What you're doing movie. is different. <laughs> so during this battle, uh, they're having a space battle above them, and then... The, Which goes the, on for the a really planet, long fucking time. The planet gets hit by one of the space drones, and it's going at near light speed. So it causes basically an earthquake the size of the end of days. And it destroys their entire base, and they all get stuck inside the stasis field and have a little bow and arrow fight. And then they set off uh, future nukes to melt well, the planet. Well, they trick the aliens. Yeah. They move the field back a little bit and then put the nukes outside. Just scooch it. And then they come, melt everybody. Wait, come and get us. No bombs here, Torrens. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, got him. And like, and like, okay, now we'll sit here in silence and wait a week for the planet to cool, and then we'll leave. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, like, I thought it would take six days. The other guy thought four. We had to wait. <laughs> like, okay. Cool, dude. You did some math. And uh, huh. then... They wait six weeks for uh, someone to come get them because the Uber was really far away and had to make another stop <laughs> along the way. Had to drop two people <laughs> off. <laughs> and then they take a <laughs> 10-month trip back to Earth, to Stargate, which will take 340 years of Earth time. And when they arrive, things are very different yet again. So when they arrive back to... They don't even go to Earth, but when they arrive back... Stargate. It's the year, like... 2,800, and, uh, and Mandela is literally, like, the hold, the oldest human alive and the only person to, like, survive the whole war. And they were the last ship. 
Because when they get there, they find out that the war has actually been over for 100 years. Been over for 220 years. Isn't, isn't the year years. like 3,100 at this point? Oh, no, that's, that's the final part where, they, oh, okay. like, where he and Mary Gay actually go off again. But we'll get to that. So uh, it's like the year 2,800-something. They get back, and they're, the only humans are all just clones. There are only clones, and humanity is just like achieved a like perfect human, and they just clone that, and that's it. But some are dudes and, and some are girls, and all those dudes and girls are gay with each other. And and, and they're, they they speak in like we like they're the fucking they have a hive board. mind, yeah, yeah. And they finally, when they get there, they find out that the war's been over for two hundred years because the clones, because their clones, actually figured out how to communicate with the Torrens in the year, you know, 2,600-something, and they figure out, oh, we can actually talk. Hey, why did you start the war? And the Torrens are like, why did we start the war? Why did you start the war? And so they realize, oh, it was just a big big misunderstanding and that the people who wanted war back on Earth were just like, fuck it, they attacked us, right? Right? And then they started the war, and it went on for, you know, almost a 1,000 years. And... Uh, he gets back and the war's Ooh. over and he was the last, they were the last ship because it was, took them, their final jump took them 300 years to get back. And so they've got this like, here, read this book to find out what happens. And you know, it was still paper. <laughs> it was, you know, he's, he's yeah. carrying books. It doesn't say like your hologram pad or your, fucking, he, your he has like iPad a book cart. 12. <laughs> it was his, uh, it was his personnel file. Which is like stable because shit. It's military bureaucracy. <laughs> he still has to have forms signed in triplicate for everything. But there's a whole bunch in the room. Like the guy must have wheeled out a cart. Like when your teacher assigns a new book to the class, <laughs> and they have the cart from the book room. Like everybody follow this book receipt for Huck Finn. <laughs> <laughs> they all got their giant collection of mimeographs, and in his there's a really interesting letter. Yeah, so staple to the front. His mail from the year 2490. You may already be a winner. (laughs) (laughs) There's a note stapled to the front from Mary Gay, who says, I came back and found out, and I lived, and I came back and I found out that you're not even going to be back for another couple of centuries. So I found a ship. We bought, my friends and I, we bought a ship and we're traveling, we're cruising around the speed of light or we're cruising around the speed of light so that time doesn't pass very quickly. So come find me. I'm still alive because I'm pulling the same trick. And everyone's gay but us. Yeah, but they can turn you back straight if you want it. And one of the, one of the gay soldiers with him, he's like, ew, no. <laughs> And so he does. He goes off and finds Mary Gay, and then they go off to the planet called... The Middle Finger. Middle Finger, that's right. And then they have a baby. The fuck you planet, where you can fuck. <laughs> it's like the one, the one of the colonies where they have people still making mammalian babies, as the clone <laughs> puts it. Yes, and the mammalian way. And then uh, the end, yeah. And then it has a birth announcement that they had a kid. They have a little boy. And uh, that's that's a little epilogue thing, and that's and he has the oldest parents ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, that kid's like, my parents are so embarrassing. Oh my god, they're, so <laughs> they're like a thousand years old. <laughs> oh my oh, god, I am so sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of the book. What do you, what do you guys think? I liked it. Well, it's one of those science fiction books where. 
the point of it was more of the interest with the weird science fiction idea rather than the plot because it's not that it doesn't have a plot because it does but in terms of comparing it to a traditional novel with main characters that have objectives and then there's a conflict that has to be resolved by the very end and this kind of doesn't do that well because it's kind of like the main character Mandela you know, he really hates apartheid. No, no, wait, that's a different one. Uh, the main character, he just kind of like gets randomly shipped off to different battles and then he comes back. And it's about first what the military technology stuff, you know, the futuristic like space marines kind of technology, but then also coming back to Earth and finding out how weird it is in the future. And then he does that a couple times. It's almost like three short stories. That just sort of like in, in, in where he goes off and then he comes back, goes off and it's weird with all this futuristic technology, then it comes back. And in older versions of the thing, this stuff on Earth was taken out. Like the whole section about him and Mary Gay and her parents being killed and his mom being gay, uh, that was all like a five page thing. They're like, oh, this Earth stuff really slows down the cool space stuff. We're just going to take it all out. And so they removed it. And then he, they added it back in for like the later, later versions. Like this is the way he wanted it. Yeah, there's been multiple editions of the book. I'm assuming we read the the newest one since we read the ebook. Yes, yeah, I we, believe so. It had all that, so I think I read the same version. Yeah, and so I mean, it's both like about the futuristic science fiction stuff and about Vietnam, both of which are you know things I find interesting, but well, like, it's not the most engaging plot. It just isn't. But, like, the Vietnam stuff might have been, like, really edgy in 1974. But today it's like, uh, all right. It's, I mean, yeah, there's... That's true. Like, it's like the setup of the war is kind of similar to Vietnam. Oh, there was a misunderstanding, and, like, people there were opportunists. And then young people fucking suffered. Well, that's every fucking war. Like, young people are the ones that fight the wars, typically. It's not the old grizzled generals or senators. And then I guess the only other, like, real Vietnam thing was, like, when they come back to Earth after the battle, like, Earth has changed, and they don't fit in anymore. And isn't that, like, the, the stereotype of, like, the Vietnam veterans coming back and yeah. being, like, fucking born on the 4th of July, Tom Cruise, like, in, like in sitting in a Vietnam, wheelchair? All, they're all, like, baby killers and stuff. And in this one, everyone's pissed off at them because all the money that they make is taxed away so they can fund the war. But all of their jobs exist because of the war, so they're kind of like, meh. Yeah, at one point, like, if the war ended, the whole world's economy would collapse. You know, I'm pretty sure there's be some people who realize you could just sell dumb bullshit to people. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, no, 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 Tamagotchi. Oh, shit. I gotta work for that now. I mean, I thought a lot of the stuff the future stuff was interesting, because like, like any other science fiction book, you throw out enough predictions, some stuff's going to be right, some stuff's going to be wrong. In this one, a lot of the stuff was very, very gay, but <laughs> but this prediction stuff, like, it, it's funny, right? Like, they're still using fucking printed books in the year 3100. Dead tree format. And yet, and they have interstellar travel. <laughs> and have had, like, we're supposed, I mean, they, they, they had interstellar travel in the early 2000s in this book. In 1998 or whatever, when he first goes. Yeah. But the other thing that didn't make sense about that, like, why didn't they just use fucking robots to build the bases? I mean, like, that's... Because, the, <laughs> because they're 
because they're destroying you know the people. There are there are no robots and there are no computers and there are no like cell phones. I guess there are no robots. Oh, like, there's drones. In twenty twenty four, when he gets back to Earth, he has to like call the operator. He has to like find yeah. a payphone and <laughs> dial the operator to Get like the make a call. <laughs> Not even to the moon, just to call his mom. Or just to call Mary Gay. What's her number? Seven. <laughs> yeah, there's. I guess I guess you can't criticize him too much for that. It's like, wow, dude, you really think that there's still gonna be telephone operators like that? Everything in the world's economy is about the war effort, or being a telephone operator. <laughs> that's the other job that's never, never gonna go away. Well, all the jobs have gone away, but. People now but trade black market jobs, so you can yeah. you can uh, sublet your job to someone who sublet to someone else. It's basically the military subcontracting system. Everyone has a is a feudal lord <laughs> over their job. <laughs> like you get a vassal to, to flip those burgers for you. And the vassal sometimes finds its own vassal. Yeah, matryoshka of servants. So uh, this is one of I think it's nineteen books that have won the Hugo, the Nebula, and the Locus Award. So they're the big nerd sci-fi uh, fantasy books. It's considered uh, one of the best sci-fi war novels of all time, which you know is increasingly uh, specific, but still a pretty big topic, genre. I don't think it's that great. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It's about the science fiction more than the plot. So if you got to be really into, oh, that was a cool idea about what the future is going to be like, you got to be really into that to really love it. And you know what? It is really cool. There's a lot of ideas in here that we've seen in other books we've read, right? Like the idea of, well, it's only been a few whatevers for us, but for the rest of the universe, it's been 20 years and their technology is advanced. Like that's crucial to the three-body problem, that idea. I don't know if he's the first guy to do it, but it's the oldest Bill Guyver that has that. With this idea of slingshotting around planets to go jump through space. Wasn't that like a major plot point in the, one of the shitty Star Trek movies? Like the one with the whales? Uh, it happens. They do a lot of space travel movies now. But he, So he had a lot of sci-fi ideas. I don't know if he made them all up or he got them from other places, but a lot of sci-fi you know, ideas. I think that, that, really that Star Trek movie actually came out after this did. <laughs> they it might did. have stolen it. Yeah, it's from the 80s. The, the Star the Trek one? and the whales oh, one. Yeah. Four or five, one of those That ones? was four. But also, in this one, when he gets ba- the, the, the race of humans known as man, his name, he says, my name is Khan. <laughs> Shit. He said, Khan. He's like, why did, why did you say it that way? He's like, I don't know. It's very cold. In space. <laughs> Best line in Star Trek 2. You know what I'm talking about? When Khan goes, there's an old Klingon saying that revenge is a dish best served cold. Well, it's very cold. <laughs> In space, <laughs> he's like, he's like exaggerated. He's like in space. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's a very weird, weird thing. So, of the nineteen books to have won that, um, according to so a Goodreads list, kind of a high number and a weird. All well, these awards have been given out for sixty years, and some of some of them. So, a third of them have just won all the awards. Yeah, I guess there's one really now, good one a year occasionally. Now I'm looking at the list. Like some of these, I have read or we've we've read even, such as American Gods. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, it's sci-fi fantasy, mm. and American Gods is a million percent better than this book. 
No? I mean, yeah. I, 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 liked, I liked American Gods. I didn't think it was amazing. I, I don't know. Well, I don't say it was an amazing book, but it's better than this. Um, it's, yeah, I wouldn't call it remotely sci-fi. Fantasy, bro. Fantasy. Sci-fi fantasy. They get lumped together. Really? Even for like... The difference is one is uh, magic is done by big-tittied elves, and the other one, magic is done by robots. With, with also <laughs> like That's the only difference between sci-fi computers and Computers are robots. Boobs with robot, robot boobs. Well, that's, that's a special type of Japanese porn. That's different. So Ender's Game number two, which we haven't read, Speaker of the Dead, one, all three. Some of these books I know you guys have read, The Dispossessed. Really? Um, the Dispossessed? Yeah. Okay. Asimov's The Gods Themselves. I didn't read that one. Ancillary Justice. That one. I don't know what that really? is. Really? Yeah, right? The Third Broken Earth book by Nate N.K. Jemison. Ringworld. Oh, fuck that. Ringworld. This turd, Dream That's the Snake one where everybody gets ringworm. McIntyre. The Doomsday Book or whatever by Connie Willis. The Yiddish Policeman's Union. <laughs> oh, that's... Um, Michael Chabon? Yeah. Yeah, that book's hysterical. Uh, in concept. <laughs> the Jewish Free State of Alaska. <laughs> um, so without having read all that list, and there's plenty I didn't name there that I've never heard of, like Gateway by Frederick Pohl, book one of the Heechee Saga... <laughs> Oh, right. H-E-E-C-H-E-E. Oh, that saga. The Heechee. I think that's a tribe from the Southwest. I don't know. I don't know. You don't ever know what was nominated without doing much more analysis, like what was nominated those years and like how many people have cited these as being influential. For this to be a classic book, like most classic sci-fi books, it's dated and has some cool ideas and execution that really doesn't hold up by today's reading standards. It fits more in the old school sci-fi yeah, group. It felt like a better version, though, of Starship Troopers. The, that's the two that are compared a lot. How could you not compare yeah. them? Like, they're the only two where this is like, that's the main point. Yeah. Like, Earth goes to war with aliens. But I'm not sure it's that as a military. Better. I think it's way I mean, I think you it's could call it Starship better. Troopers for the, for the Vietnam generation, definitely. Because it's more just absurd. Like, it doesn't... It like the war doesn't make sense. Nobody knows what's going on, and then he just fails upward it's, to be commander, and then ends up back in catch twenty twos and himself. Up there's and more. <laughs> there's more sigh in the phi. The other one's more. Just look how silly the military Propaganda. can be. Yeah, I still would take this over Starship Troopers. That was brutally boring. Yeah, I thought it could could use a yeah, little bit more of the uh, inanity of the situation. I think that would have made. They're also a writing better. about different wars, right? They're also writing about different things. Like, yeah, I mean, I, in this one, I feel like I, I liked it. I, I did like it a lot. Um, I didn't think it was incredible, but I liked it a lot. I, I thought I, the parts I could have used more of, rather than you know, the long passages about potential technology would be like why this is dumb, like the the absurdity of the situation and this war that no one cares about. I mean, it's a big part of it, but I, I feel like that was should have been more of it because that seems to be what the book should be about. But it was more like a frame, so you could show. And then they did a spaceship. Well, maybe if in the original edition of the book, what other stuff cut out, that would have come across stronger. Well, they cut out without that having stuff. no, but they cut out sections of like him going on Earth and trying to buy a laser pistol from a guy that sells guns, and him walking around. And buying, you know, overpriced meat substitute or whatever the fuck he did. Yeah, like that stuff got trimmed out. You said right. Well, the, they, they also they they changed it a lot. Like they um, 
they made a short section about, I think it was supposed to be like they were on like a military, you know, propaganda tour about the war. And then there's like a few pages like, oh, my mom's sick and she can't get help. That part was the same. His mom wasn't, I don't think it like put it in how his mom was gay now. But it's like, oh, they did a short tour and like mom's sick and I, you know, we don't really fit in here. Let's just join the army again. As opposed to, they didn't, they cut out her going home entirely or at least he didn't go out there. So they, they, they kind of like cut out why they end up going back or they, 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 they make it a lot simpler. Like, well, everything really sucks here. I'd rather be in space getting my arms blown off by uh, aliens. Well, they were warned by, warned by Cortez, their original leader guy. It's like, hey, just so you know, Earth, things are going to be really different and it's going to suck. You could just stay here and just like keep making that sweet military cheddar. Yeah. And then he turned out to be right. And I wonder if that's a thing that, you know, because this guy served in Vietnam, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He mm-hmm. was a combat yeah. engineer. I'm he not got, sure what that really uh, means. He did, I don't know, yeah. But he got blown up by something and he went home with a purple heart. That sounds like a really bad injury. It was. His heart was very purple from purple. all the bombs. <laughs> I did like that they, uh, they, the propaganda things of them brain, brainwashing the soldiers with propaganda about the aliens being, you know, baby-eating monsters, which is, you know, what we do in every war is like these Vietnamese or, you know, the Afghanis are not even human. But in case the, the aliens actually aren't human and they still, they still do it. Well, they, you know, they, they could be, they you could have shown sometime. me <laughs> the, the pacifist empath three-legged trunk elephant things that they kill. Yeah. The faceless space bears. Yeah, they had no eyes. <laughs> they, his head is just skull. And like, maybe that's brain. It's like a big brain. It just looks like skull. Who cares? Kill them all. So who should read it? People who like old sci-fi. And that's about it. <laughs> People who like uh, war stuff. Space Marines. Yes, Space Marines should read it. But not Space Navy people. Though in the Navy, isn't that like where all the, the gay dudes are, according to the village people? Yes. Well, tell us <laughs> what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. And if you've listened this long, you can head over to our, and you want to support us, you head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash DrunkGuysBookClub. Or leave us a review. Or just go spread the good word and tell people to check out our podcast. We'd appreciate it. And you can also join us on Goodreads and read together the things that we read with you that we do. And you. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.